Hi folks, this is Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast, coming to you once again from Hot Springs Village from TSPN, the Survival Podcast Network headquarters, also known as the Ant Hill, high across the ridge line of Highway 7 in Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Today we're going to continue on with uh, the show that we did yesterday, part two, and it will be part three at least before we get done with this. These are all ways that you guys have sent to me on how you can save money. And because it is going into next week at least, I will continue to take submissions. Please, I hope you listen to at least today's episode and yesterday's episode so you don't send in the exact same stuff that other people do. But if you have something to add, come on, man. Keep them coming. I'll take submissions for the rest of this week. But on Friday, I'm going to close down taking submissions and cut this series to an end because it could go on forever. Maybe we'll just do it again in the future. But, man, there were some great ways to save money yesterday. There will be some great ways to save money today. By the way, what is today? Today is April. April, it's May. It's May the 12th, 2011. It is a Thursday. And this is episode 663 of the Survival Podcast. Before we get to your tips and ways that you turn dimes into dollars, let's go ahead and take care of our sponsors. They do a lot to help take care of you. Make sure the show is here for you Monday through Friday, five days a week. Sponsor of the day number one today, Sawtooth Tactical. Hey, you want great service? You want tactical stuff? You want great prices? You want great selection? You want Magpaul magazines? You want Maxpedition bags? And you want everything in between? Then get on over to Sawtooth Tactical. You'll get great deals, great service, and great stuff from Sawtooth Tactical. All the things you need to live that tactical lifestyle. Next up today, ready-made resources. I'll tell you what, I've said this about them before, I'll say it again. What more can you ask from from a company than for their name to say who they are and what they do and then do it? That's what ready-made resources is. All the resources for your prepping that you could possibly need from long term food stores, to self-defense, to gardening, to solar, to wind, you name it. If it's about prepping, they have it ready-made, ready to go, ready to ship to your front door. Just log on to ready-made resources today and order from them. You'll get great service from them as well. Both long-term sponsors today. Uh, remember, if you are dealing with ready-made resources and you order three cases of Mountain House or Providing Pantry or any food, Full cases, not broken cases. They'll give you some Silver American Eagles if you're part of the Member Support Brigade. Uh, next up, remember Sawtooth Tactical has a sister site. They have a discount of 10% on everything on there. You'll find info about that in your Member Support Brigade as well. Uh, also remember, check out our gear shop. I want to remind you guys again, the Gary Vaynerchuk book, The Thank You of Economy, that I bought a bunch of to give out to the audience. Uh, Sis Wolf and TW have them in the gear shop. They're, they're selling them for shipping only, so check those out if you'd like a copy of that. I don't know how many are left, uh, but they're basically free to the audience for shipping and a buck or two to cover their time to pack them up and, and, and send them back out. But I provided them 100% at no cost to the gear shop, so you're just paying shipping there. If you really want to get them for free, order some other stuff while you're at the gear shop. Make sure you connect with me, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Those are the main ways to do that. Last but not least, we're talking about saving money today, so consider joining the Member Support Brigade. If you are investing in your long-term storage and for your uh, long-term survivability, you will get your money back from the Member Support Brigade. I promise you that. It's a great return of investment. Uh, check it out. You go to the main website, survivalpodcast.com, click on Members, and learn all about what's there. We do have some new stuff in the MSB. I'm going to hold off until next week to announce what it is because we're going to do a special not just for MSB but for everybody with a new MSB supporter. But if you want to know early 
log into the member support brigade and go to the benefits page and you'll find a new supporting vendor with some really cool products. You'll see them the center column bottom in the list of different vendors on the benefits page. And with that I want to rock right into the main topic of today's show because it did go long yesterday, it will go long today and I'm having so much fun doing this. Please remember as we do this show, every resource you hear, if I mention a website or an article or anything like that, it will be in today's show notes. Now, uh, remember, this is a multi-part series, so you need to look a right up, right one up. This is part two. Again, we're looking at Thursday, May the 11th, 2000, or May the 12th, 2011. Um, so getting right back into it, let's go back into that, uh, money show, um, folder that I have. Remember, I am taking submissions, TSP Money Saver in the subject line. You have until the end of the day, Friday, to get your suggestions in to continue this series. Alright, so let's go on. This is from Christopher. Christopher says, Shopping online for items compared to just purchasing in the store. See below for examples. Shopping online, particularly Amazon, allows you to oftentimes get items for no taxes paid and free shipping. I just purchased door handles, a garbage disposal, and a Delta kitchen faucet. All listed cheaper than Home Depot or Lowe's in Midland, Texas, and no tax and free shipping to boot. I also picked up a 3,250-watt generator for $409. Again, no tax and free shipping from Amazon. The drawback is you have to wait up to two weeks to get your items. A good trade, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. I don't, unless you're you know, buying the generator because you waited until the last minute and the storm's coming tomorrow. The sales tax alone on a $400 purchase is significant. In Texas, that's about $32 and some change, say $35, bucks. Uh, and then no shipping, and then it's less than buying it at the store to begin with. Uh, great tip. I do a lot of business on Amazon, uh, and, and that's one example of the reason why. Also, for those who feel they have the ability to build their own computer, you can save much all-capital money by buying all the computer components online and building it yourself. Not very survivalist, but I use my computer to store much of my information and do my research and so many things. Chris, you know what? I, I think it is survivalist. Uh, this is not 1800. Now, we may talk about primitive skills once in a while, folks, but um, I view the things that we use to get things done in our daily lives and making them more efficient and helping us get more freedom as all survivalist topics. So I talk about money and debt, you know. I mean, I guess that's a constant, but I don't put things like computers into some kind of different nebulous category. Sure, if the grid goes down and we have no power and there's no internet, there's limited use to what you can do with a computer, even with backup energy, but a computer is still an amazing tool. It's an amazing piece of technology. It's enabled the modern world in so many ways. Without computers, there would be no survival podcast. Think about that. 25 years ago, I could have never shared all the knowledge that I have with you, and you guys couldn't have participated in something like this with me. So yes, I consider computers part of modern survival living when you use them smart. Building your own is actually not that hard. There's a lot of great websites out there on putting them together, so you can look that up if you'd like to. But basically, it's plug-and-play stuff. Uh, installing the operating system is probably the most complicated part of it, and you can save a ton of money, and you can put together Buku processing power. I'll also tell you, if you're shopping for a computer, look at rebuilt machines. The machine that I'm using to record this show is one I bought a few months ago as an upgrade. It's a gateway. Um, it had, I'm not going to go give all the specs, but it's running Windows 7. It has uh, a Phenom 2 uh, quad-core processor, and actually it has two of those. Uh, eight gigabytes of DDR RAM, a terabyte hard drive, 
uh, and a bunch of other really cool stuff. It is a big, big performance upgrade from uh, the laptop that I, I had been using to produce the show and from the prior desktop I've been using to produce the show. It enables my video editing to go twice as fast. So this is all stuff I do for you guys that I do faster and more efficiently. You know what I paid for it? $329 at a CompUSA because it's a rebuilt machine. Now, I, I know damn well it's rebuilt with all this new stuff added into it. Uh, but definitely consider rebuilds on computers, not just building your own. I think it would be hard for you to build a machine uh, this good uh, on your own for, for much less. Maybe you could save 50 bucks. All right, next one is in uh, Frugality Tips from Kay. Kay says, love your show. I peruse living... On a dime, okay, livingonadime.com for great tips on living on the cheap. I bought their book Penny, Pinch, and Mama and their Living on a Dime cookbook, which is much more than a cookbook. It has super ideas for birthday gifts, Christmas gifts uh, that are nice but don't cost a lot. The family, this family would be a great one to interview, so maybe I need to look those guys up and try to get them on the air. Livingonadime.com. Anyway, check out that website. It looks pretty cool. A lot of coupon resources, a lot of directly available coupons. Great tips, great resources, livingonadime.com. Remember that and all resources mentioned will be in today's show notes. Okay, moving on to the next submission. My frugal tips from... I hate when you guys don't give me your names, man. Uh, SWNH, I, I guess, is uh, your, his forum handle. Man, give me your first name, folks, when you send stuff in. I'm telling you, you could even say it's David in Illinois. No one's going to know what David out of the millions in Illinois it is. Uh, anyway, my frugal tips. Amazon subscribe and save program for qualifying products. Agree to have the product shipped automatically every month, two or three, et cetera, and get a discount, usually 15%. This is a good way to build up your preps automatically, work the cost into your monthly budget, And the supplies just come in like clockwork. Time saver, too, there. Um, www.adall.com. This is the place to get books cheap. It's a book price comparison site that searches dozens of online booksellers for whatever you are looking for and returns a list with total shipped price for each vendor. It's the best place and to source used books. Okay, that's adall.com. I will include a link to that. Dealhunting.com. Searchable list of coupon codes for many Uh, many, many online merchants, no sign up, no cookies, etc. So, uh, that probably saves you a lot of money. Even that's a site to check when you're about to buy an online service like web hosting or something like that, just to see if they have a coupon code there. Craigslist Ad Notifier, a program that runs in the system tray, scans Craigslist for your specific searches at whatever interval you have set. I've set mine for every 15 minutes. Pops up and hits with links to the ad. The program has More than paid for itself with the deals I get, I was able to get minutes after the ad was posted. Craigslist ad notifier. I'll look, there's no link there, but I'll look that up and find a link for you guys on that one. That sounds cool. I don't think I would use it all the time, but when I'm in the, when you're in the market for something, what a great way instead of going to Craigslist and taking your time to do it, to just be notified when anything shows up that you want. Pallets for firewood. For the past three years, I've been heating my garage, 1,600 square feet, with 100% pallet wood. Here in New Hampshire, it gets cold. They are free everywhere. Spend a little time cutting them up, and you have some really great dry wood. Yes, you have to feed the fire often, but if you are at home, that's not a problem. I also use it for heating the house during the day. Save the big chunks of hardwood for overnight burns. For those worried about chemicals, it's a myth. Pallets are heated, kilned, 
uh, to kill any insects, not fumigated. There are very few pressure treated. If you get some of those, use them for stack, use them for stacking firewood on. By the way, I've burned five cords this winter so far in my house. My last oil fill up was in June 2010. I still have a quarter tank left. I only use it for the water heater. Furnace came on maybe five times all season. Even with temps below zero, we keep the house nice and toasty, 75 plus. Real log construction. Try that with oil heat and you'll go broke in one winter at today's prices. Vinegars. Vinegar. It's the wonder substance. So many uses. There are whole books on it. Uh, using it for everything. Food preservation. A multitude of cleaning products. Here's one I have and a link to a book on vinegar. I'll put a link to that. Baking soda. Another great book for various uses of a common product. Another one in my library. I'll put a link to that book as well. Uh, vampire power draws. Any electrical device with a digital display is always on and draws some power even when it's off. Individually, the draw is minuscule, but collectively they add up to thousands of dollars or several, several dollars a month. Install plug strips that use a switch to truly turn off the power to those items. Get a lot laptop. Computer work is my livelihood. My tower computer draws 220 watts, tested with a device called Kilowatt. My work laptop draws 30 watts. I converted to using a laptop exclusively, which saved me more than a few bucks a month since the computer is on 24-7. Plus, there's a built-in UPS protection power outages of the battery. By the way, my Lenovo 201X has an extended battery pack, and I can get six real hours of runtime on a fully charged battery. Freaking awesome. Enjoy your shows immensely. Keep it up, but don't get burned out. Pace yourself, dude. I will never pace myself because it's up to me to keep bringing you more stuff like this. And if I pace myself, how would I get this much great stuff into one show? Anyway, I guess my pace is fast. Anyway, I'll put links to all of that stuff. So vinegar and bacon soda uses probably save a lot of money there. I'll put links to those books. Um, a couple things I wanted to, to talk about there. The pallet wood. One thing to be mindful of with pallets. Uh, what would you say if I told you that my father pays for everything in his life with pallets. He does. He runs a company. Now, he has enough land, and it's an area where nobody will get mad at him for having a bunch of stuff stacked, but he goes around and gets all these pallets and uh, loads them up on flatbeds and sells them to companies that repurpose them and use them over again. So he takes all of the junk wood and does exactly what this guy does and uses it for heating and burning and things like that. And then he takes all the pallets that are still serviceable or easily repaired and sells those. So he'll go through them and fix them up and, you know, pull like, like one pallet's pretty much shot, but there's two good pieces of wood on it. He'll use that to fix another one, leaves one piece. And, uh, he makes a pretty good living off of that. And, uh, doesn't, you know, answer to anybody. And there's a lot of it that's cash money. I'm just saying. All right. Um, so pallets aren't necessarily, uh, something to just cut up and burn. There is an inherent value there. Now, when they're really damaged and things like that, those are the ones that make sense. And also, if you're thinking about emulating my dad, he does work really hard. It's not easy work. And uh, the other thing is it takes a long time to build up enough places that are going to give you the good pallets uh, that are left over. But once you do it for long enough, you can actually build a business just recycling pallets. So I wanted to throw that in there as well. Because maybe it's not just about saving money. Sometimes it's about making money. On the laptop thing, I couldn't agree more. One of the big things, guys, like I use this heavy-duty desktop. I just can't do what I do with a, with a laptop. I really can't. Not as efficiently. But when I leave, this thing goes off. This only gets used when I'm in the office. If you have a tower computer, shut the daggone thing off. You'd be amazed at how much power that draws. Uh, great stuff there. Thanks for that. Again, all the resources will be in today's show notes. Let's go to another one. 
easy, quick one here from uh, John. John says, a few driving technique changes can increase your gas mileage drastically. Lots of info and links at hypermiling.com. Again, hypermiling.com. Reiterate what I said yesterday. You want to drive slow? You want to go in neutral and coast down hills? You want to do all these things to save gas mileage? Fine, you don't bother me. If you're on a two-lane road where there's no passing zone and I'm behind you, get the hell out of my way. Pull over to the side. You've got 20 people behind you. You're going too slow. Move over and let people around if that's how you're going to drive. Nothing wrong with it. Just just a way to be etiquette-wise on the road. Don't force everybody to drive slow like you. Uh, and number two, if you're on a highway with multi-lanes, get in the right-hand lane. Left lanes are for passing only. Please. Other than that, hypermiling.com, good resource, link in today's show notes. Okay, got another multi-one, a little great one here. Um, this comes from Starlight. Let's see if there's actually a name instead of just Starlight. Sarah. Sarah in Indiana says, uh, number one, homemade laundry soap and white vinegar as fabric softener. Uh, that's kind of what kicked this whole thing off, how, how everybody responded to that one when I put it on the show a couple weeks ago. Number two, white vinegar, baking soda, Rubbing alcohol, bleach, in all capitals, sparingly. Uh, hydrogen, so very little bleach, hydrogen peroxide, and dish soap in place of expensive, purpose-built household cleaners. So I guess for everything from wiping counters off to cleaning sinks, what have you. Uh, great recipe there. I'm going to read that one again just so everybody can hear it. White vinegar, baking soda, rubbing alcohol, sparingly using bleach and hydrogen peroxide and dish soap in, in place of expensive, purpose-built household cleaners. Number three, we watch all our laundry except for towels and unmentionables in cold water. I use hot on cloth diapers too. goes without saying. My homemade laundry detergent works fine in cold water. And I'm sure I save a lot of electricity by using hot water only on one out of every six or so loads of laundry. More than you might imagine, the number one energy draw to our homes, other than direct heating and direct cooling, is heating water. Uh, you, can, you can get rid of every light bulb you own, and it won't make half the dent of using less hot water. Whether you're heating with gas or electricity, it doesn't matter. It's a lot of energy to heat water. Uh, next one, number four. LoriHas3Kids.com is my new favorite coupon site. I run Linux, so I can't use things like coupons.com. It wouldn't anyway because of the spyware. Uh, the service is great, and the prices are very reasonable. Uh, the selection is some of the best I've seen as well. So LoriHas3Kids.com, another couponing site. That will go in today's show notes. Water filtration. We got our reverse osmosis system before I heard of the Big Berkey. But even our RO system saves so much over buying bottled water. It's also cheaper and a lot more effective than those pitcher-type filters. I could not agree more. And there's a lot of great water filters out there. I'm just a big fan of Berkey. They've been a sponsor of the show for a long time. That's what I use personally. Uh, I love my Berkey system. Can't say enough good things about them. And uh, if you look at just a couple cases of bottled water, it's amazing how much money they save you over time. And lastly, dual flush toilets. We needed to replace a toilet after we bought our first home. So we got a dual flush toilet from Sam's Clubs, and there's a link. Uh, the toilet claims to save 63 to 71% on water by allowing you to flush liquids with 4 liters of water and solids with 6 liters. Along with the water savings, I like that we're not overloading our septic system with more water than is necessary for liquids flush. And since our water bill runs around $20 a month for a family of five with two working bathrooms, I'd say it's well on the way to having paid for itself. The toilet only cost about $95 last year. Uh, thanks for the great work you do, Jack. Keep up the good work, Sarah, in Indiana. 
Um, that sounds awesome. And I'll tell you what, there's, there's something to be said there about the septic system. Overloading a septic system can really be an issue. So, for instance, I have a well. I can have all the water I want. I'm never going to drain my well. Uh, there is electricity to run the well, and it's quite high draw to run a well pump. So there's maybe some savings there. But for me, um, I'm looking at this because of the value that it would provide in not overloading the septic system alone. One septic repair. Is going to cost you a hell of a lot more than 95 bucks. So, uh, great list there. Some, uh, a great resource too. Again, Lori has three kids and the three is the number three, not the word three. Lori has three kids.com coupon site that's friendly to Linux users apparently. And, uh, I'll put a link to that again and everything else in today's show notes. Lori has three kids.com. What a cool site. Let me tell you a little bit about this Lori Has Three Kids site. It's a different kind of coupon site. This isn't a site that you're going to go to and find coupon offers and print them out and take them to the store. Uh, I'm sitting on the site right now. Let me give you an example of what's there. Uh, you actually buy coupons. They mail them to you. Free shipping, minimum order, $2. So for $2.50, I can get 15 Head & Shoulders coupons, and instead of money off, they're BOGO. Buy one, get one. So I could buy 15 uh, bottles of Head & Shoulders and get 15 bottles of Head & Shoulders. Uh, that runs through May 31st, 2011. They always have the, the expiration date with them. Now, something like Head & Shoulders lasts forever. So if I use that shampoo, I don't in particular use that shampoo, but if I did... Uh, what a great deal, 30 bottles, uh, and I'm only going to pay $2.50 for the coupon. So you're actually buying the coupons. Let me see, uh, pick another one here for you. Uh, 20 French's Dijon mustard coupons uh, for a dollar off. You get 20 of them for $1.50. So this is actually buying coupons, hard copy coupons, and that one doesn't expire until July 31st, 2011. So like a lot of you guys that are in coupon clubs that do trading and stuff would also really fill out your portfolio to trade with. That's another little tip. So check out LaurieHas3Kids.com. Again, link in today's show notes. I just wanted to explain that one to you because the first one like that I've seen, now that I see it, I bet you there's plenty of them. Uh, let's check out another submission from the audience. Next one comes from Ryan from Iowa and some different stuff and some of the things we've already talked about. Ryan says, looking to prepaid cell phone plans. I don't use my phone much. I was paying about $60 a month for a minimal plan. Switched to prepaid. Purchased a large minute package after averaging everything out. So far, I spent $20 a month on service. I don't have all the bells and whistles with my phone, but it gets the job done. And remember, yesterday we had a guy that said he's got an Android uh, with unlimited text and, and data. And it is paying about $30 a month. So there's ways to get creative with these prepaid plans. Two, if you want to get reeds out of your water, spray vinegar on them. It's a lot safer than herbicides. Just be careful and don't get too much on, uh, much on the weed. So I guess if you overuse it, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll hurt the other things growing around there. I, I, I would uh, add to that if you're going to do that, you want to use like a 9, 10% vinegar. So like the, you're going to look for like a pickling vinegar, uh, 9% vinegar to do that effectively. Three, I like to travel to foreign countries about once a year. I'll be first to admit that it's not a way to save money, but I make sure everything else financially is ordered before I do. I keep tabs on exchange rates for months before going and exchange currencies when I feel I'm getting a good deal. When you do this, you avoid the bank fees they might charge at an ATM several times a trip. Major cities also offer a museum and transit pass, which usually ends up saving money, allowing you to have those expenses covered before you get there. Ordering a pass at a time when the currency exchange is good is all the more money shaved off your trip. So even when you're spending money, you can save money. Number four, use a few coffee beans in your ashtray instead of air fresheners in your vehicle. 
Uh, number five, if you're a veteran, sometimes your country will give you a small break on your property taxes. Here I, your county will give you a small break on property. Here I get $80 off a year. Really? So just because you're a veteran, you might get, I mean, I think we should do this, but I had no idea that there were some counties that gave vets a property tax break. I'm going to check into that. Boy, if they gave me 80 bucks a year off here in Arkansas, that would cut my property taxes by 30%. Uh, I doubt that's going to be the case, but I'll check it out. Uh, number six, buy clothes a season out of date and don't be afraid to take things to a tailor if you outgrow them and they're otherwise still fine. I like the buying stuff out of date. And I'll tell you what, it's not even like it's really out of date anymore. If you'll notice, like, I guarantee you, it'll still be 95 degrees out, and they'll have the fall stuff uh, coming in, and they'll be selling the summer stuff cheap. And you're in the, and when you're in the south, you're like, these, these people are crazy. It doesn't even even start to cool off till like November or December here. Uh, and they'll have like sweaters and, and stuff coming out, taking the place of the summer clothes. So that's a good one there. Uh, be open to the idea of some good vegetarian recipes from time to time. Meat prices are expected to go through the roof this summer, and most of us are probably storing beans and grains anyway. Have bean chili, hummus, bean burritos, lentil stew, and beans and rice every now and then. Is it going to cause your wrist to grow limp and make you want to drive a Volvo or anything? I think knowing how, to sound, how a sound vegetarian diet works is actually a good survival skill. I'll agree with that. I have nothing against vegetarian eating. I have a thing against the, the vegetarian that acts like the, the, uh, the newly recovered alcoholic that wants to tell everybody they're wrong for drinking. That, that, that's the only issues I ever have with veg vegetarianism. I'll tell you this, though. A little bit of meat it goes a long way to improve the nutritional profile of something like that. So, you know, a bean chili doesn't have to have four pounds of ground meat in it, but uh, some chopped up white chicken meat that's left over added to that bean chili rounds out the protein profile. You do not get complete protein from vegetarian meals. It does not happen unless you are very meticulous in combining the proteins. Um, you can get by with it, but th those of you that are like vegetarians only for health, like if it's an uh, ethical issue for you, you don't want animals killed or whatever, fine. Uh, then you got to be really astute, make sure you're doing some B12 supplementing and all. But those of you that are only doing it for the health reasons, consider three ounces of meat a day. Uh, call it, they call it flexitarianism, I guess, when you only eat meat occasionally or eat smaller amounts of meat. That will really, and it also save money if you want to take that approach. Uh, me, I'm going to eat my ribeyes, my chuck eyes, and everything else. I'm going to be happy. And when I die, you know, people say, well, that's bad for you. That's, you know what? I try to eat as healthy as I can. I try to live as healthy as I can. And when I die, at least I'll die of something. I'll leave it at that. Uh, but I like the tip. Uh, never, uh, number nine, shut your computer off when you're not using it. Uh, I think that's a great one. It says, thanks for everything, December 5. So we've got a Marine uh, there in Ryan. Ryan, uh, thank you for your service, sir. Let's go ahead and take the next one. Uh, hi, Jack. This is from Kevin. Enjoy the show. Lots of great information. Aside from driving less and just trying to be smarter shoppers, purchasing extra to put away at current prices and watching for sales like most folks, my latest attempt to save gas money is watching how much pressure I put on the gas pedal. 
I believe that letting the throttle glide up instead of pushing through gear changes as I move away from an intersection keeps me from revving up more than is really needed. I'm saving right around a quarter of a tank by being conscious of this. It may not seem like much, but right now every drop counts. There's really no need to rev up when the next light is coming up shortly. Same concept as Jackrabbit starts we used to hear about. Thanks again for putting all that work into a great show. I'll tell you what, if you really want to get good at this, borrow a friend's car that has, you know, if yours doesn't, that has one of those things that shows you how much gas you're using, what your, you know, your miles per gallon is at any given time. A lot of the hybrids do this as well. Uh, or next time you're renting a car, see if they have one that has that feature since you're renting a car. Don't go rent a car just to do this, but find a car somehow you can drive for a little while that does this. And like I said, if you're driving like 40 miles an hour on the highway, get in a freaking slow lane and out of my way. If you're driving 25 on the back roads that are 45 miles per hour, get the heck out of my way. But I am big on let's not romp the accelerator down and take off. Start learning pressure control like this guy's talking about. It does wonders for your gas mileage. When I was stressed out, I used to drive the, the personal mobile studio, the Volkswagen Jetta TDI, like a maniac while I was talking to you on that highway system. I've experimented with, and this is not running slow. This is running 65, 75 miles an hour. But just by changing the acceleration patterns, I push that, that normal gas mileage that that car gets, which is already outstanding, 40 to 44. I can push that to 46 to 52 without slowing down and becoming a putt-putt. So I think there's a lot to that tip right there. Uh, we had some other suggestions and some resources for that before. Uh, next one comes from Kim. Kim says, soup bucket in the freezer. I... In here, in here, you toss small bits of vegetables that are edible but perhaps won't be eaten fresh. Example, excess broccoli, the parts of asparagus that are not the worst but not the best, the leftover green beans, corn, etc. that aren't quite a full serving. You later, later use that bucket for a vegetable base or the actual, actual vegetables in a soup. I'm about to use mine with my ham bone from Easter. Okay, tip on that one, folks. The problem with the plan is that you need to either cook or partially cook most of those vegetables before you freeze them. Because if you don't, they get tough and they have this enzymic action. So these are vegetables that we would normally blanch. Green peppers, let's say you have some leftover small pieces of pepper you want to throw in there. Those don't need to be blanched, but broccoli needs to be blanched. So the way to do this is when you're cooking your broccoli, maybe you go ahead and you cook it and then you freeze it or you pull out what you're not going to use and freeze it. Uh, but you need at least a good uh, one-minute immersion in boiling water for most of these vegetables. Great tip. Just wanted to add that in so that people uh, you know, do it. Uh, next one, homemade bread, buns, bagels, etc. are easier than most people think. I like to do my dough with a bread machine with a timer. I bought one at Goodwill for $3.50. So the dough can be ready when I get home from work. Other times, I do a no-need bread that you basically mix up and let sit around for a long time. I won't go into recipes here, but suffice to say, once you get the system down, it takes only 5 minutes a day, costs 20 cents a loaf, and it's yummy, filling, and healthy. It's also a great way to fill up kids so they don't need huge portions of meat. The instant yeast uh, and, and the bread flour at Sam's Club are the best deal I've found. If you don't buy those yeast packets at the grocery store, you can forget. Uh, if you buy those yeast packets at the grocery store, you can forget about saving much by making your own. She's right. Uh, you can buy yeast in the grocery store, but buy it in the larger containers, not the little packets. It's ridiculously expensive. Uh, next one, don't shop every grocery store that has things on sale unless they are near each other or you can walk. Remember, real mileage is over 50 cents a mile. 
Uh, don't drive five miles plus parking time to save a dollar. So what she's saying is if you're going to do the multi-grocery store approach, I'm going to go this grocery store for these items because they're on sale and that grocery store for the other items because they're on sale. If they're far apart, you will spend more in gas than you will by going to the store. Uh, ditch those ancient refrigerators and freezers. See the Energy website, Energy Star website for estimated energy uses based on year, model, type, etc. Kim from Indiana. Kim, I completely agree with the refrigerator thing. Uh, it's amazing how much you can save just by going to more energy-efficient appliance. And uh, I'll put the Energy Star website in today's show notes so people can view that. All right, next one comes from the blog. And even though I said I wouldn't do it, I have taken blog comments if they've come in by email. And Ted uh, says, save your change. I put all my change in a decanter can at the end of the day. When it fills, I dump it into an ammo can, then change it for cash at the end of each year while nearly at vacation time. I also ask for any dollar coins and half dollars. I save aside all Susan B's, Kennedy, Ike's, Quarter 72 and older, um, Dimes 1964 and older, and any Buffalo nickels and wheatbacks. I also buy rolls of dollar coins and stash them away. They're harder to spend than a stash of 20s or other paper denominations and build up to a nice emergency fund heavy, but they're there if you need them. You know, I actually like the idea of saving dollar coins. It is a little bit harder to spend, uh, but unlike, you know, I mean, you can save pennies, and you can save up like a giant, huge vase of pennies. You can barely move it, and you take it in, you get like 30 bucks for it. Uh, if you had an ammo can full of dollar coins, you'd have a significant amount of money, and, um, you know, it's money that you can use. It's not like people won't take them or something like that. Um, next one, expensive, this is from Warren, Uh, Warren says expensive household items such as Energizer lithium batteries, long shelf life for storing, and Gillette Mach 3 razor blades. Uh, one, lithium batteries at Walmart, usually around $10 for two. On eBay in bulk, $16 to $20 for a dollar a piece. Uh, razor blades for half the price on eBay. So basically, I ba basically Warren is saying shop eBay. I'm not going to put a link to eBay in. I think people can find that on their own. Uh, but two particular items, lithium batteries and razor blades on eBay. Mm, I'm a little concerned about theft going on there, but I mean, I guess that's between the person that did it. Um, those sound like items that are often like heisted out of warehouses and stuff like that. Um, specifically the Gillette razor blades. If you've noticed, when you go to Walmart or whatever, you want razor blades for like a Mach 3. You have to get a, a person to open a case and uh, get them out. Okay, this one's long. I wish people would... Folks, when you're sending me something long, hit return once in a while. Uh, I'm not going to complain too much, but when you have like eight paragraphs of text with no spaces in them, man, it's tough to read. Hi, Jack. This is a top subject around our home of six, a home of six these days. I live with my husband and four children ages 18 to 2 in southern Indiana. The most important parts of living a frugal lifestyle here are eating dinners at home almost every night together. Good for our family and good for the pocketbook. I'm also a recent convert to couponing, extreme couponing for real. I am not like the people getting thousands of dollars of groceries for a buck, but I am saving about $400 a month by shopping several stores each pay period with an emphasis on their promotional items that match up with coupons. Target is a big surprise in the face Target is a big surprise in that face value of their prices are high, but because they allow their customers to stack a manufacturer's coupon with a Target coupon for the same item, you can get some really great discounts. For example, Wishbone salad splitters are for under a quarter, and Wishbone Italian dressings for less than 80 cents. Uh, or Nor Sides, we like 
for some as low as 37 cents. This is hard to read again because no returns here, um, Rhonda. you got to hit return for me. It would help. CVS is another store saving our family big money on health and beauty items like nine bars of ivory soap. I scored for free today. Or two Dove Men and Care deodorants I got for free last week. They were just some of the sale items customers can find that match up to a coupon equaling free items that families can use. CVS Extra Bucks are a great way to maximize your money as well. I purchased two tubes of Colgate Max White today for $2.77 each, less two coupons totaling $1.50. I paid $4.04 for two tubes, but in return I received $2.77 extra bucks for each one, $5.54 total. That made the toothpaste purchase an actual money maker due to the coupons. Extra bucks are like in-store cash you can use on your next purchase, but you don't have to leave the store. Simply make more than one transaction on a visit, kind of like the way my wife pays on Cole's credit card. So I took that $5.54 in extra bucks and some other extra bucks I had and applied it to my second transaction. I noticed that one of the TLC... S Extreme Coupon Participants was using Shelf Reliance and was able to get some of the cons Consolidator Pantry System for 53% off. Love these. To help me organize my growing pepper pantry that has really benefited from my new as of January 2011 understanding of how to really shop with the most buying power for our dollar. I am reminded of my grandfather teaching me about how to count pennies and put little paper rolls to take to the bank as a little girl. He always said count the pennies and the dollars will count themselves. I think that this is wisdom of living through the Great Depression. It is just as useful today. I'm also finding these days that returning to whole foods as much as possible. And again, purchasing when sales allows me to make healthy meals for the table. Everyone in our house is just as happy when I roast a chicken as when we used to regularly eat much more expensive boneless, skinless chicken breasts. All right, I'm going to leave it there because it's a very long one. Thanks. I appreciate that one, Rhonda. Guys, I'm going to tell you, if you want me to read long emails, man, use the return key. Please put spaces. It does so much to make things more readable. Uh, next one from Mark. Instead of using dryer sheets to get rid of clothes static, use a ball of tinfoil about the size of a ping pong ball. It's reusable, and I haven't had any problems with static since. You don't get the stat, you don't get the scent from the dryer sheets, but they always smelled funny to me after they were cooked in the dryer. Mark, I agree with that. I've never been a real big fan of like, you know, the way downy fabric makes sheets make your stuff smell. So cut your static with a ball of tinfoil. Okay. And then when you're done with it, you can make a tinfoil hat out of it and join the uh, tinfoil hat brigade. All right. Uh, this is pistol whip on the forum. And who oh boy, this is a subject I can sink my teeth into. I see that you mentioned great bottles of cheap wine. I picked up quite a few of them back in culinary school. Quite possibly my favorite bottle of wine is Martin Martin Kodax's Albrino from Rias Boxes, Spain. The 2009 vintage can be had for under $15, and the flavor and bouquet are quite complex. The nose is something akin to standing in an orchard. There are numerous notes ranging from citrus to apple to pear. Man, this guy loves his wine, huh? It's moderately dry, but not bone dry. There's a nice refreshing acidity, and the flavors of lemon and apple are prominent with subdued herbal notes in the background. It's an easily drinkable white. I personally like the 2006 vintage a bit better, but there are more minerally notes, but it's better suited. For, okay, so it's a great wine. So again, that's Martin Codex's Alberino uh, from Rias Boxes, Spain. Spain makes some great, very affordable wines, folks. So does Australia, by the way. Another wonderful white is Clean Slate Riesling from the Moselle River Valley of Germany. 
Uh, the slate provide. Uh, I'm just going to give you the wine. I'm not going to read his reviews. If someone prefers reds and don't wish to deal with the pomp and price attached to French Burgundies and Bordeaux, I suggest Italian and Spanish wines are the way to go. I completely agree. Martin Codex also produces um, a fine red temper a Tempranillo from La Roja called Ergo, uh, which has rich flavors of dark fruit and preserves. Uh, so good stuff there. Um, I am going to just kind of throw out some of my regions instead of trying to read um, what what he's saying about each individual wine because I think it's going to get lost in a show like this. He does mention Gewurztraminer, and if you like a sweeter wine, uh, those are pretty dadgone good. That's another German wine. My kind of favorite value for the buck wines, Italy and Spain, some of the stuff that comes out of there, uh, I mean, it's six to $8 a bottle range. It, it blows you away. Argentinian Malbecs, I've always loved Malbec. Um, Argentina as a whole is, is a great uh, place to get wines from. It, definitely look at some of the stuff that's coming out of South Africa and Australia. Uh, and then don't be afraid to think that maybe we still make some great wines in America uh, that, uh, that are affordable. One of the most amazing Chardonnays uh, out there in the budget market is, is from a company called Barefoot. Uh, now, it's not cheap like it used to be. It's still very affordable. Uh, but when that first came out, it was like $3.99 a bottle or something like that. And I think it was to get people to try it. And then as people, they picked up the market, they kind of, uh, kind of took a lot more, uh, kind of started jacking the price up. Uh, there's a Riesling out of Germany called Relax. That's another great wine. There's a lot. Wine is one of those things that you really want to get out and, uh, uh, just start trying different things and, and, and try affordable wines and, you know, pick out the ones you love. I'm not big on it smells like this and it tastes like that. I'm big on this is a great wine and it goes well with food and I like it. And I'm going to, I'm going to continue to make this part of what I'm doing. Uh, let's go to, uh, another part from, uh, from, uh, what was this guy's name again? Pistol whipped on the form. My sister is an online shopping guru. She uses RetailMeNot.com to keep up with current coupon codes for thousands of sites across the internet. RetailMeNot.com, I'll put that in the notes. Uh, and for firearms for the survivalists, it's hard to beat the 357 Magnum is the way to hold on to that gun and ammo budget. One can get a new Taurus 357 Magnum for three to four hundred dollars. Used ones can be even cheaper. A lever action would allow one to carry that type of ammo that could handle everything south of Alaska. With 38s and careful shot placement, headshots, one can hunt small game. And with hot and heavy loads, there's plenty of medicine for most anything south, uh, south of unusually large grizzlies. Uh, HKS speed loaders run about five to six dollars a piece. Uh, less than even bulk surplus 1911 magazines you see at gun shows for eighteen dollars a pop. For eight dollars a pop, so that's some more savings on ammo carriers. If one casts their own bullets, they can melt any salvage lead by or by wheel weights. One hundred and fifty dollars for sixty-five pounds of current prices, and use that. Uh, that's about two dollars and thirty cents a pound. Sixty-five pounds of lead can be made into thirty-six hundred plus one hundred twenty-five grain bullets. For planking, a charge of even three grains of bullseye can load about 2,300 plus rounds uh, for a single pound of powder, almost doubling that to 5.7 grains of bullseye, and you have about 1,200 rounds for serious round for defense or even hunting, all for a single pound of powder. Brass retention is not an issue. Uh, I'm not going to go any further than that. I just want to say that I think the, the 357 and the 44 Magnum are both great rounds for the same reason. Cast your own bullets, straight walls. The brass stays stays long, long, long life for you. You can load them up. You can load them down. Inexpensive carbines, inexpensive handguns. Uh, they're a great way to do a lot of shooting on a little bit of money. So pistol whipped. 
Thanks for your tips, man. And I will, again, make sure I get that resource in today's show notes. Okay, this next one comes from Frank. And uh, a couple good tips here with a different way of looking at it. Um, cutting cable will save you about $75 a month. With stations increasing their over-the-air channel capabilities, I get 20 stations over-the-air in northeast Ohio with an external antenna. I bought a Roku box for $60 and get streaming Netflix and Hulu for $16 a month. I have three kids under eight and thought wiping out cable and DVR would be suicidal, but they haven't complained in over four months since we cut cable. There's a freedom in not feeling guilty and not watching all the crap you have stored in your DVR. Uh, I either see it in real time or not. If it's important, I can find it online. I had cable for over 25 years and thought I couldn't live without it. After cutting it out, I'd, I'd like to have $900 a year, totaling over $22,000 instead. And again, if you live in an area where you can get good over, you know, off air, as we used to call them in the cable industry, you know, antenna TV, uh, there's, there's a lot of great stuff out there. Well, you can, like Dallas Fort Worth, uh, my buddy Brian from ITS, they got rid of cable. Uh, and they put up an external antenna, and they get a ton of stations. And the signal quality with the new digital stuff is just awesome, especially like the football games and all. I don't know if I'm going to give up Dish Network, but I can see why people would want to. And if you live somewhere where you can get Netflix because you have high-speed Internet, that changes a lot of things. Um, Again, where I live, I can't do that. That's why I have this office in the first place. Uh, next one, also buy meat from local butchers in meat bundles. For a family of five, our meat bill was about $45 a week as we eat almost all our meals at home. With buying it in bundle, you get a variety of beef, pork, chicken for about $20 a week. Not only is the price much better, but the quality of the meat is galaxies away from what you buy in the local grocery store chain. After hearing about the meat paste on your show... Uh, it's actually pink slime, either that or meat glue. Meat glue is what they're talking about. I feel much better about buying meat directly from the people butchering it. In fact, the day after I heard about it on the show, one of the guys with freezers in the back of his pickup came to my door to sell me some cheap steaks. I asked where he got them and started asking if they were Frankenstein together in a garage with some paste. He didn't stick around to give an answer. I think it's great. Again, this is we've kind of talked about this one already, but anytime you can buy directly from a producer... Uh, that really is the way to go, especially with something like meat. Uh, the quality increase alone, even if you spend the same money, if you get better quality for the same money, to me, that's also saving money. I'd rather have good quality at the same price than crappy quality at the same price. Uh, next one uh, from Tracy. Tracy says, avoid electrical phantoms. Unplug everything when you leave except the fridge and the freezer. Uh, we've talked about that before, so I'll just let it at that. Drive the speed limit experiment just to see how many miles a gallon of difference it makes. Uh, number three, drink water only past your initial cup of coffee in the morning. Drink water only past your initial cup. So once you have one cup of coffee, switch to water. I, I, I guess if you make a single cup, I like to make a pot, so I don't know if that would save me any money. Number four, raise your own meat. You bet. I'm surprised nobody said gardening yet. We've kind of been alluded to, uh, but gardening to me is one of the biggest money savers there is out there. Uh, the next one comes from Brian. Brian says, you started listening to your podcast and love it. These are probably very common, but here's some things I do that save me money in a small way. I pop my car into neutral when coming to stoplights and driving downhill. 
I also have a rule for my savings. When I make a cash purchase, any coin change automatically gets put back, put in a bag under my bed. I roll this whenever I have enough, and it goes into savings period, no exceptions. I probably save a hundred bucks a year this way. Also, cash purchases mean less money in the pockets of bank bankers and more pockets of local business. If you haven't checked out hotel site like Priceline and Orbitz, do so. They've saved me a lot of money traveling. I completely agree with that one. Do you like oatmeal? Me too. Bite a big tub of raw oats instead of a crappy little paper packets. This is good for a variety of reasons. You save a lot of money. You get oats without all the chemical crap and sugar in the packets. You can fix it the way you like. I throw some frozen fruit in because it's easy. Strawberries or something, some cream and a little brown sugar. You still get them as minute oats, so they're quick. Uh, next one, save your plastic Ziploc style bags and wash them. Honestly, they can be used 10 times each if you don't abuse them, and it beats buying a new box all the time. We always rinse out our plastic bags. We kind of prop them open and let them dry out and use them over and over again. People that throw away Ziploc bags throw away money. I mean, honestly, unless there was something in there that you, like, it's really, like, greasy from some kind of meat or something like that, rinse it out, use it again, of course. On a similar note, if you're like me and still haven't bought a canvas shopping bag, save your grocery bags and use them for trash bags. I never buy trash bags. I literally have no use for them. I just use grocery bags. I actually am a canvas bag guy. Yeah, I'm not trying to save the polar bears. I could care less about polar bears, but I don't believe in excess waste. I guess if you're doing what you're doing, it kind of it cancels each other out. You know the real reason I bought the canvas bags, and this is why I'm always big on, if you want to sell people on solar energy and all, sell them on the benefits. Don't try to make them feel guilty about global warming and some crap like that. I got a couple of the canvas bags one day just for the hell of it. And all my groceries set flat in the truck, and they didn't move around or anything on me. And I could carry three bags easily, and all my groceries fit in three bags instead of like 12 of those little plastic crap bags that you always see up in trees and stuff. So I actually like the cloth bags. I don't think that they really save you a lot of money, but I think that they're a better tool for the job. Um, we always try to use our canvas bags at this point. Uh, how many light bulbs do you have on right now? Could opening your blinds supply the same or more light? I'm surprised at how few people think of this. I agree with that one. Stop buying bottled water. Buy a water filter and a stainless steel bottle. I don't know the numbers, but I know I spend a lot less, and it does feel good to put less plastic in the landfills. Completely agree with that. Um, I'll tell you what. Basically, this is how we run our, our Berkey. We have a bunch of those just cheap, plain stainless steel water bottles. And those stay in the refrigerator full of water all the time. That way there's always water there. There's also always water in the water filter. When a water bottle is empty, you go to the tap. You fill the water bottle up. You take it over to the Berkey, you dump it in the top, you fill it with the bottom, you put the top on it, and you put it back in the refrigerator. That's it. We have great quality water. It costs next to nothing because we get 6,000 gallons of filtering out of one set of Berkey elements. And it's, it doesn't really take any extra time or, 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 you know, it's not a big deal to do it that way. It's, instead of like saving them up and doing them all, because we first got it, that's what happened. The bottles would stack up on the, on the counter and then you'd go and you'd like do them all at once. And I, I got to a point where I'm like, we're not going to do this anymore. When you're done with your bottle, you fill it. You dump it in the filter, you know, you, you take before, you give before you take is the way I called it, to the point where my wife started going, I don't want to hear that anymore. But once everybody started doing it, it became so convenient uh, that it didn't require any more pushing to get it to happen. So I'm big on the water filters too, Brian, uh, and personally big on the Berkey. Uh, next one, this says, uh, let's see, Linda. 
Uh, hi, Jack. I've been making my own powdered laundry soap for about two years. It's a great money saver. One downside is my front-loading washer. The bar soap component seems to leave a bit of film on the glass door. This is no big deal, as a little white vinegar will clean it right off. In addition to running a, the clean basket cycle with a gallon of white vinegar, cleans everything inside the washer, removes the residues that build up, and makes for... Uh, and make for sour smells in the tub and on my clothes. A gallon of Clorox bleach cleans the washer too, but doesn't do anything for the soap scum buildup. Other frugal things that my family does. Look through the bruised and or overstocked fruit and veggies for extra cheap food to dehydrate for storage. I cut out the bad parts for compost and process the edible parts in my Excalibur. Absolutely. I think that's a great tip. Dehydrate leftover cooked vegetables. There's very few foods that can't be dehydrated effectively. Lettuce, for example, even canned goods will dehydrate nicely and extend their storage life significantly, not to mention space and weight requirements. I think lettuce, for example, is an example of one that won't dehydrate. Well, I've never dehydrated lettuce, but everything else. So what she's saying is even when you have leftover cooked vegetables, those can be dehydrated, used for stoops and stews in the future. So that's great. Shop at thrift stores for clothing, household, and furniture. With care, a very professional wardrobe can be built for next to nothing. I don't recommend buying shoes this way since shoes conform to individual feet and may not fit quite right for new owners, not to mention possible fungi uh, that are very hard to eliminate. Also check care labels and reject things that require dry cleaning. If it says dry clean only, uh, Linda says, I don't want it. And I'll tell you what, Linda, I don't want it either. I agree with you there. Household goods are great. I scored 15 quart canning jars with bands for only 50 cents the other day in a thrift store. Uh, stores that donate their unsold clearance items. So I've scored plenty of brand new in the box items too. Uh, so in other words, at the thrift store, a lot of times it's stuff from a retail establishment never been sold. I've also found numerous antiques that needed little to no care to look elegant in my home. Don't be ashamed to pick usable items from curbside heavy trash heaps. Again, I've gotten plenty of antiques that merely needed legs reglued uh, or Formby's antique, Formby's antique refinisher to freshen minor surface imperfections. So there's a resource, Formby's antique refinisher. Lots of building materials are available from the curb. Uh, from contractors who have just finished construction and have small amounts of leftovers, be sure to check with the homeowner or the crew boss and be nice when you do. Next one, don't be ashamed to ask for freebies anywhere. The worst that can happen is being refused. Don't be ashamed to take home leftovers from restaurants. Man, I ain't never been ashamed of that. Uh, I always take my leftovers from a restaurant. Negotiate with merchants and professionals for better prices if you pay cash. Uh, knead deodorant, mix one part cornstarch with one part baking soda, and add just enough coconut oil to make a stiff dough. Note that too much coconut oil makes it greasy and goopy. Pack mix tightly into an empty deodorant stick containers. If desired, essential oils like lavender and tea tree oil can be used uh, for more antibacterial action. A little goes a long way. In fact, I suggest adding essential oils first, then thinning the mix with coconut oil. By the way, I get my organic coconut oil in the grocery store. Don't pay the exorbitant prices found in health food stores. Um, make your own toothpaste, too. Baking soda and peppermint oil uh, to do that. Shampoo, great ivory soap, finally, and add about one cup of boiling water uh, to one bar of soap. Let's sand overnight and dissolve. Mix thoroughly and add a quarter cup of conditioner. Thin to desired consistency and put into an empty shampoo bottle. Liquid hand soap, same as shampoo, but add lemon juice. Again, it's not even necessary to add lemon juice, but I like the smell. 
Um, let's see. This is another person that could you guys use return. Uh, I mix part Dawn dish soap, four to five parts of water, and refill Dawn foamer dispenser I bought four years ago. Other brands don't seem to be as concentrated as Dawn, but so again, uh, using for foamy soap, using basically regular laundry, uh, regular dish soap. Uh, mixed with water about nine to one. Of course, there's little things we do to save money too, such as use a public library for everything it offers. Uh, we bought space heaters so that in cold Michigan winters we're not heating the entire house, uh, just the area that we're in. Turn off the lights. Unless the freezer is constantly full, and keep gallons jugs of water in there to maintain the temperature. Completely agree with that. Collect all spare change and put it into a container. Use credit unions to save money on banking fees. That's a great one. First one that was mentioned. Mention triple A. Maintain a triple A membership every year. It seems we need roadside assistance through the flats, dead batteries, etc. In addition to discounts on amusement park admissions, free travel, and other things. Uh, I think that is one of the best ones. I can tell you every time we've had a problem. And we've used our AAA service. It seems to have been worth it. The one that I think is bullshit with AAA, hotel discounts. I go to hotels. I ask for the best rate they can give me. They give me the rate. And I say, oh, I'm also a AAA member. You got a discount for that? And they're like, I already gave you a better rate than I can give you for AAA. So I, I've never actually gotten a, 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 a hotel discount with AAA uh, that mattered at all. Um, let's go ahead and take another one. Try to cram a couple more here before we wrap up today. All right, here's one I hadn't really thought of. It's uh, pretty awesome and uh, something I think everybody can do. Hi, and this is from Donna. Donna says, uh, a year and a half ago, we installed a timer on our electric hot water heater so that it runs just four hours a day as opposed to the 24 hours it could have been running before the thermostat cycled on and off. You can set up to four different on and off times on the dial. It kicks on two hours before morning showers and laundry an hour at lunchtime, and an hour at dinnertime to meet our scheduling needs. When we are away for more than a day, we simply turn off the breaker that feeds the heater at the breaker box. Don't forget to adjust for daylight savings time. When we come home, we manually spin the 24-hour clock dial to reset it to the current time. If we need more hot water during the day, there's a manual override switch that kicks the heater on immediately, which also runs it until the next scheduled shutoff time. Cool. Now, here's the big part. The immediate savings were $50 a month on our electric bill. This paid for the $40 timer, which we installed ourselves in the first month. It continues to perform flawlessly, saving us money other month. Additional insulation around the hot water tank and hollow core styrofoam pipe insulation around the pipes also helps. Even if you have to pay an electrician to install it for you, you will still see savings, although the payback time may take two months instead of one. $50 a month because they stuck a timer in an outlet and plugged an electrical hot water heater into it. $50 a month. Let me do a little math for you. $600 bucks a year for a $40 investment. $600 bucks a year, year after year after year. How awesome is that? Uh, great tip. Thank you for that one. Here's one we sort of talked about with a different twist to it. This is from Michael. Michael says, Hey, Jack, I'm fairly new to the show, but I've probably listened to 100 episodes in the past three weeks. My suggestion is toward food prepping. I used to get frustrated with all the fresh food and veggies we would throw out because they went bad before we ate them. So I got a tabletop dehydrator and began a regimen of dehydrating everything that's about three-quarters of its shelf life. I shared this concept in your show with my neighbor, thinking he might do the same. 
But to my surprise, he just started donating his leftover fruits and veggies to me. Not what I had in mind, but if the shit hits the fan, I won't mind sharing with him as much. Well, that's pretty cool. So by reaching out into the community and trying to share something that worked with somebody else, uh, Michael ended up getting free food. How cool is that? Um, and, of course, the, the system itself is working for him. Here's one that can save you a hundred to a few hundred bucks, depending on your model of microwave, really, really quick. This is from uh, Ben. Ben says, when your microwave stops working, pop that puppy open. Take out the screws to the back plate and then look for a small tubular fuse. These are the same fuses they used to use in cars a decade or two ago. You can match it up at an auto parts store and get a package of four or five of them for a few dollars. Then just pop it in and you should be good to go. This works for many electronic devices. They usually have a fuse as a safety feature and you can replace them for cheap. And if it doesn't work, you're only at a couple dollars at most. I would add this, Ben. If I open it up and I can't find a blown fuse, I'm out nothing. So I can open it up. I gotta open it up to find what kind of fuse I need first. So I'm out nothing. Because if the fuse is blown, odds are it's going to fix it. If the fuse isn't blown, um, or I can't find a blown fuse, I'm not going to spend the money. I guess it could be a blown fuse and another problem. So I put the fuse in there and something's gone wrong. It's just short now, and it just keeps popping the fuses. But I think in most instances, that's pretty safe bet that you're not going to be out any money at all. What's a, a cheap microwave is 120 bucks. So did you know that a car fuse can fix a microwave oven? And he said many other, other devices. So if anything just stops working, like no power at all, pop it open, look for a fuse. You might be surprised. So they're like, I don't want to get electrocuted. You unplug it. You're not going to get electrocuted if it's unplugged. Um, let's see if we can pop one or two more of these in. Uh, Carolyn has some good tips for us. She says, I make my own yogurt. Here's some blog posts I did about the subject, and there's two links. I'll put them uh, in there. Making yogurt in your crock pot is one of them. I also make sour cream and cream cheese substitute using the same method, and there's a uh, barberbunch.blogspot.com post about that as well I'll include today. All these products are low to no fat as I make them with non-fat powdered milk. Keep up the great work. Looking forward to watch what you'll be doing with your new home, Carolyn. I'll tell you what else is cool about this. If you're using non-fat powdered milk, you're using something that you make part of your preps. And I think that's awesome. And doing it with a crock pot, a crock pot is extremely low draw as far as electrical requirements. So it's something that's pretty easy to run on alternative uh, alternative energy if you're in a situation where you have redundancy and backup that way and you're in a long-term power added situation you could use your preps to still make these items and add a lot of variety and nutrition yogurt is extremely high as far as nutrition goes uh, and again it's very healthy uh, let's see if I can find one more and we'll go ahead and wrap up for today Okay, I wanted to see if I could find this one, and I did, because it fits straight in with the one I just read. It's really cool. This is from Robert. Robert says, we use our powdered milk to help stretch our food budget, and we use what we eat and eat what we use. We mix our store-bought milk with powdered milk about half and half. So one gallon of store milk makes two gallons of milk for the family. With three going, growing kids, we go through almost four gallons a week. We save about $5 a week because obviously the powdered milk costs less than the regular milk. And let me tell you the thing about that. I've done this before. You can't tell you've used powdered milk. I'm sorry. Powdered milk does not taste like regular milk. Half powdered milk and half regular milk pretty much tastes like regular milk. So five bucks a week, okay, one thing we can do. So if you got a big family, a lot of kids, a lot of milk, you could do this. No one, if you don't tell them, they'll never know. Alright, just don't tell them and they won't know. Five bucks a week, 4.3 weeks to a month, just call it four, $20 a month, 
right? $240 a year. $240 a year by using half-powdered milk. And then what happens is you have an easy way now to stock that pantry up with the powdered milk for long-term storage, but you're rotating it, eating what you store, and storing what you eat. $240 a year. One little tip. So, folks, remember, I'm taking suggestions for this show through tomorrow, and then I'm going to cut it off because I still have, oh, God, uh, 37 more to go. I don't even know if I can cram that into one show. I'll do my best. There is some overlap. If you hear me read yours and there's overlap and I kind of gloss over your details, don't be offended. I mean, I can only say use coupons so many times unless there's a resource or something in there. Uh, but I am going to finish up this series again. It'll probably be like Wednesday or Thursday next week. We're actually moving for real. I mean, like actually loading up the trailer and leaving both dogs, both cats, last time leaving the house behind done on Tuesday next week. So on Tuesday next week, I'm going to re-air an interview that I gave uh, to Rational Public Radio, not National Public Radio, not NPR, Rational Public Radio, a couple guys that were listeners that started doing their show after listening to the Survival Podcast for a while, asked me to do an interview with them. They were in Arlington, so I went over to their apartment, sat down with them and did an interview. So I'll be re-airing that on Tuesday while I'm on the road moving up here to Hot Springs permanently. Uh, tomorrow we'll have a listener call-in show just like every Friday. Remember, if you want to be a show like that, 866-65-THINK. 866-65-THINK. Again, the re I know I'm just sitting here lightning firing all these ways to save money at you, but it's not just like Jack's become the coupon guy or anything, for God's sakes. The thing is, I'm not saying to do all this stuff. I'm throwing as much at you as I can, crowdsourcing it from the audience, because I believe that we need to be more effective with what we're doing financially. And all I'm saying is out of all these things, and I do one more show on this, pick three, four, or five. I just showed you how one, $240 a year. Let's say you go out on a limb and say, I'm going to figure out 10 of these things to do, and they average $200 a year. Okay? Uh, that would be $2,000. $2,000 put right back into your family's budget. Over a 10-year period of time, it's $20,000. I honestly believe that's conservative. You look at one of the tips we had today on the timer for the hot water heater, 50 bucks. Okay, that's $600 a year. Actually, no, it's 600 and, what, six times $720 a year from one. I, I think if you really look at this, now some of you guys that are sending these in, you guys have leaned out. That's how you know all of them. But most Americans, I believe you can put four or $5,000 a year, back into the family. And you can use that to further your independence. That's why I'm doing this show. I've given you a lot of bleak facts, not opinion, facts about the future of the American economy. Absolute, concrete, indisputable facts. Now, the opinion is whether or not we can, we can fix them, or how long it's going to take to fix them, or what the consequences are. But the things I've told you that are coming are coming. There's no way around it. We do have a $50 trillion hole in Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. It's there. And then we can do about that. Uh, we're going to have to do something, and it's going to be quite drastic and quite painful when it happens. I want America prepared. I want you prepared. And I want you better able to live that better life if times get tougher, even if they don't. And this is what I really mean when I say if times get tougher, even if they don't. I want you to live like times aren't tough, even when they are for everybody else, because you're living smarter. And you're building your life by investing in yourself and your household and your family and your future, not just in mutual funds. 
And to do that, we need surplus money. So how are we going to get it? We're going to start by working with what we have. Just like eat what you store and store what you eat. How do you, how do you get more money? Start by conserving your existing income. Everything you can do to do that gives you more power and takes you into a better tomorrow, regardless of what happens to everyone around you who's just ignoring the reality that we're going to face. Notice there was nothing today about living like a pauper or living really poor, about higher quality, higher standards by spending less, building families, building communities, doing business with local people, and yet spending less and having better results for yourself and your family. That's what it's all about. We'll continue this series next week. And with that, this has been Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast, helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough, or even if they don't. Sometimes we forget we are what we eat. I don't know the answer. It's like there's nothing I can do. It's the price we pay, I guess, and we follow all the rules. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better Shut